Every Arizona homeowner's best friend for 30 years. And it all has to do with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the House. Yeehaw! Good morning, y'all. Pretty day for a ride. Saddle up. Join us here at Rosie on the House. Next four hours, we have it jam-packed for you, the Arizona homeowner. Here it comes. What a great way to wake up on a Saturday morning. A little Marshall Tucker singing about riding across the beautiful Arizona Plains. That's the way we like to get you going every Saturday morning here. Your weekend wake-up call. Every Arizona homeowner's happy place. Saturday morning tradition for 30 years where I throw open the doors to my house and invite you in for a cup of coffee and a little four-hour chat. Here with my son, Romy Romero, my co-host, my sweet wife, Miss Jennifer. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. And, of course, our broadcast engineer, Mr. Gary D. We're going to be talking a little bit later in the show, in the 10 o'clock hour, about uh, summer backyard strategies and what you might be able to do here getting ready for the oncoming summer that maybe you've been suffering through a backyard that wasn't quite as amenable to your festivities as you'd like. So we're going to talk through some shade strategies. Nine o'clock hour, of course, is open line, where if you've got a project or a question about anything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin, regardless where it's located in the great state of Arizona, we take that call, and we take that call toll-free. You call in and talk to us about what you're trying to get done, and we put our 40 years of Arizona home building and remodeling experience to work for you. 8 o'clock hour, we've got John J. Harper coming in, and I guess there's a camera down at the Tucson Botanical Garden on a plant called Rosie? You bet you can see it on our Facebook page. It's live. They're waiting for it to open. and it's This plant like blossoms like once every 10 years or something? And it's the corpse flower. I don't know why they named it Rosie. <laughs> okay. Well. But apparently it doesn't smell very well either. I think that's where it gets its name. All right. So we'll be visiting about that as well as any question you might have about your landscape, hardscape, irrigation, trees, shrubs, or plants. In the 7 o'clock hour, as y'all know, we get to rule the show and do whatever we want to do. And as Jennifer and I were traveling this past month, uh, I would just catch articles of things that were going on in the sky that were grabbing my interest. And I'd just tear them out, put them in my pocket, and said, when we get back, we've got to get Dr. Sky on to visit with us about everything that's going on in the sky. So, we have him here with us this morning. Y'all need to know, just because I control the conversation at the 7 o'clock hour, you're welcome to join us and jump in the conversation if you'd like. If you have a question for Dr. Sky, you feel free to give us a call. one 767 4348 Dr. Sky, thanks again for joining us, man. 
And good morning, Rosie and company. Good to be with you. And uh, that must have been some exciting trip there in Europe. How about that? It, it was a really fantabulous trip. We're going to be putting some Facebook for a country that's got masonry, castles, and fortresses thousands of years old. A lot of the things that are built in the last 50 years aren't going to last another 10. It's unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> they, just, they just tack it onto the side and prop it up with a two-by-four and hope for the best. But there you go. We'll be talking a lot about that in the coming weeks. But, you know, I started peeling articles out. And, I mean, going backwards, just was it just yesterday, SpaceX launch? What was that? Just a couple of days ago, Rosie, another great successful launch of the Falcon 9 rocket. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. I have to scratch my head, and maybe many of the listeners do too, that here's this young man, an entrepreneur, Elon Musk, who's had such great success, maybe not so much on the car side. I mean, some of the controversies with some of the different vehicles, but talking space, they successfully launched another of the many uh, spacecraft, the Falcon 9 series, and they launched this brand-new spacecraft called this Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite called TESS. And what it's going to do, simplest way, Rosie, is it's going to search for other planetary systems around other stars. 30, 40 years ago, we would have thought that to be the most amazing science fiction thing you could even talk about. We know of so many planets here in our solar system, and some controversial, like the Pluto decision to make it a dwarf and maybe a big one lurking beyond that. But this one... Specifically, until the James Webb Telescope, that's an even bigger and more advanced telescope than the Hubble, it's going to be able to identify within, I would say, well, maybe a couple of hundred or 200 light years, what planetary objects lie around other stars. Totally sci-fi-ish, about the size of a, ref a refrigerator, weighs about 800 pounds, so SpaceX did it again. They put it in orbit. So other than people like you that are just absolutely intrigued and passionate about what's going on in the sky. Someone had to put a considerable amount of dollars into this ship yes. to launch it. What are we going to do with this extra planetary exploration information? Well, I think for future generations, it's like investing in the future. Just like when you talk homes, we're going to put some money into this baby and we're going to improve it because not only is it going to give us a better living situation, but It'll obviously increase, hopefully, in value for future you know, purposes. But for spacecraft like this, this may seem very esoteric, even this early in the morning, to talk about who's, <laughs> who's the one behind it. Well, NASA's the one behind it. But I think what we're going to see, Rosie, back in the year 1995, the first detection of an extrasolar planet came about. And that's not that long ago. I mean, I can simply think sure. of that, that yeah. short time period. But the bottom line is this. We're looking at this object or series of objects in space where we call them habitable planets. And for those out there in this early morning, when they wonder about what's beyond planet Earth, let's hope, because of the things that go on on this planet, a lot of good, but since a lot of times we can't get along with things called war, who knows, maybe there's civilizations out there. So the bottom line is we're looking to explore what the reality would be or the closest possibility for Earth-like planets, and that may sound a little narcissist, maybe we're looking in the wrong place. Maybe there should be planets that are not like Earth, and maybe they're habitable, but it's a long-term investment. All right, so SpaceX. And then there was big news out of our own little Lowell Observatory discovering a runaway star. Now, what's a runaway star? Rosie, i got to start this way. If you look at the Milky Way, we're about a 200,000 light year across object, this big disk of stars we call the Milky Way. And remember, Rosie, I love saying this on your show, that 
When people look at the speed limit sign on the freeway, and of course, we always push the limit. Whether you go higher above that, that's your business, but hopefully not too much lower. Just remember, folks, the speed of light, you've heard 186,282 miles per second. That means nothing to me. When I was in college, I remember scratching my head. So it's simply that 760 million miles an hour would be what would be on the signpost. So a star that's a runaway star. Around our galaxy, there are two smaller satellite galaxies. And astronomers at Lowell have detected one of these yellow supergiant stars, an unusual star into itself, in which somehow in these little satellite galaxies, the gravity pressure of one of those small satellite galaxies has basically warped time and space and pushed it out, almost like a little pneumatic air gun would push a little BB out. So we have stars that are traveling, get a load of this, 300 thousand miles per hour that's incredible for stars that's so the galaxy and there are probably many more of these but the point is it's a it's a runaway it's not following the orbit of the galaxy it's kind of cutting through and shooting out doing its own thing totally incredible a whole new series of uh, star classifications so lowell discovered this star or they they they're just tracking it i mean well, it's, it's, actually, it's like, i guess it's like 10 times the size of our sun Oh, yeah, and, and to be a super giant or a giant, you would have to be. And think of it this way. The sun's 865,000 miles across. Scratch your head. 109 times the diameter of the Earth. So this particular star, Rosie, we're talking literally maybe billions of miles just across, which means it would envelop a good part of our solar system. But, yes, they actually just detected this, and not necessarily right at the Lowell Observatory because you can't see the small and large Magellanic clouds. You have to be in the Southern Hemisphere. So they're tracking this object, yes, and they're noticing something. It's like one of those runaway objects on the freeway, but in this case, somebody would be going so fast, like 10 times the speed limit, 100 times the speed limit, but they're not going along the freeway. They're cutting as if you had a highway that goes straight up from the bottom of the ground and up. That would be a bizarre sight, but the high speed of these stars, something is pushing and compressing space so isn't that amazing on this early Saturday morning? Well, now, Dr. Sky, when they say something's going to go supernova, what does that mean? What is in supernova? The, in the simplest way, Rosie, think of it this way. When you have your heart running fine and all of a sudden, then somehow you have this amazing and sad event called some sort, in, in a minimalist way, a heart attack or something to do cardiac-wise. The sun is converting every second millions of tons of hydrogen into helium. And if somehow there's an interruption of that cycle, even for a trillionth of a second, what happens is the gravity pressure, to make it very simple this morning, literally collapses that object, in this case a star. And once all that implosion is felt at such a great rate and such a trillionth of a second of time, the entire internal mechanism in that star just gets overloaded, and I'm keeping it simple. What happens with all that gravity pressure is the star gets overwhelmed and it literally just explodes into space. And it's really thought, Rosie, that the entire evolution of stars and even where we are here on the Earth, planetary systems may have formed from debris from these supernovas. So it may be an ongoing cycle. So the star violently collapses. Its entire metabolism changes in like a trillionth of a second. And it's also thought that many of these binary stars that are out there material either gets pushed or pulled into, from the tiny one into the larger one causing some of these violent uh, changes. It's basically gravitational collapse happening in such a short amount of time under incredible pressures, under incredible temperatures. 
boom, there you go. You get a supernova. So there you go, folks. Only at Rosie on the House are you going to learn about a supernova star that's 30 million years old, that's nine times the size of our own sun, traveling 300,000 miles an hour. Thank goodness it's 200,000 light years away. <laughs> you got it. More with Dr. Sky when we get back. Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm more impressed with. Uh, ball of fire traveling 300,000 miles an hour. Or trees talk to each other through electronic signals in their roots. <laughs> I do but, know what I love about Dr. Sky is he always explains things in the simplest way. In the right? simplest way. Here's something a little bit simpler getting back down to uh, Earth here. I am just about to head out the door down to 3210 South McClintock where Habitat for Humanity has an opening of the Restore in Tempe. They've got one in Peoria, Anthem, Mesa, downtown Phoenix, and now Tempe. They have a giveaway every hour, microwaves, uh, Adirondack chairs, area rugs, chandeliers, bed settings, refrigerator, microwave, and the grandioso at the end of the day, a 58-inch flat-screen TV. Now, the Restore, they take materials that are still suitable for reuse in the home that, uh, you know, you're doing a remodeling upgrade. Maybe you're just trying to update or a new homeowner comes in and has a different style and taste and takes out everything. Well, instead of all of those building materials going into the landfill, Habitat Restores takes them, puts them on the shelves and sells them at discounted rates. Today, they've got four truckloads of appliances at the grand opening, countless amount of microwaves, over a thousand doors, 5,000 assorted door handles and hardwares, lighting, furniture, building material, and uh, they always have some kind of, you know, like an antique section. And then they've got this green sheen paint, which is a pretty cool uh, recyclable paint we'll talk about a little bit later when we're on site. The uh, the local founder of this green sheen paint will be there, so we'll see if we can't grab him for a little interview. So if you've got remodeling on your list, or even if you're building a home, when I built mine, I got a brand new Pella window, uh, uh, Arcadia door that had been misordered and was sitting at the restore. So I picked that up. It matched. Still the, in the box. It, it, and it, you know, the funny thing, it was the exact same color and product line the of Pella that I had ordered all the windows in. Uh, I got a couple brand new chandeliers out of the box. So a lot of these aren't even out of homes. It's misorders or overstock items that. Need to go somewhere. Ribbon cutting at 8. Ribbon cutting at 8. 3210 South McClinock, the new Tempe location for the Habitat for Humanity Restore. There you go. All right. We'll be anxious to hear your cut-ins on what's going on down there because they do have a giveaway every single hour, 8 to 5 today. Continuing our conversation with Dr. Sky, we're talking about... uh, Large moving objects in the sky. We're talking about the successful SpaceX launch a couple days ago. But we've got a couple big activities coming up here, like just like tonight, right? Absolutely, Rosie. And, you know, I should have mentioned at the beginning of the show, today is actually Spring National Astronomy Day. They used to have one day a year. So in celebration of the things we're going to talk about, hey, look at the beautiful weather today here in Arizona and wherever Rosie on the House has heard. It starts off this way, Rosie. Tonight, if people look into the northeast sky, right after midnight, and that's Dr. Sky's suggestion, you'll see a star rising literally in the northeast. It's called Vega. 
It's a star 27 light years away. As a matter of fact, it's got a famous part to the story. It's also the namesake of the story of the movie Contact. That's all about the star Vega. But that's the region, Rosie, where the Lyrid meteor showers are going to roar tonight. So if you're looking in that area, let's say from midnight to sunrise, and the weather ex- expected to be clear and, and, of course, moonless, you may get to see about 20 of these shooting stars, meteors, from a comet that passed the sun. It was discovered back in 1862 called Comet Thatcher. So this is an amazing event. It's normally washed out because the moonlight will wash it out. But this is an amazing night for people to go out and with this beautiful temperature we have here. Imagine that, Rosie. Wouldn't that be fun? It's beautiful. And it's 27 light years away. That's like being a neighbor. That's exactly right. It's amazing. <laughs> so it's very, very close. You could do the math, do 760 million miles an hour, and figure out how many years it would take you to get there. 27. Imagine that. 27 years by the time you got there. And then if you said, nah, this place is not habitable. I don't like it. You come back. But here's the bad news. Everybody on Earth, according to Einstein's relativity, and this is very basic this early morning, they would have aged hundreds of years while you would only age two times 27 in travel of light speed. So maybe we better be happy for what we have in a way and just look out. (laughs) Digest that with your Cheerios this morning. (laughs) You got that, my friend. So we have have a moon set that's early enough. It's not going to distract us from seeing this. And where again will we look? Look in the northeast sky, and it's amazing, Rosie, for people who obviously live in those darker locations away from you know, city lights. But even here, let's say in Metro Phoenix, if you have at least a decent view of the northeast, but don't always stare into the northeast because the meteors come out of the radiant, and they're going to actually shoot out from that area. So maybe your best bet is to just keep your eyes what? As Dr. Sky says, always remember to keep your eyes to the sky. Scan the sky, and I'm sure you'll be able to see, uh, hopefully, some of these. They're tiny about the size of maybe beach sand to pebbles, and they're traveling at about 100,000 miles an hour. It's one of the oldest meteor showers ever recorded. The Chinese recorded it way back in B.C. times, so it's got a uh, long history. That's incredible. And I didn't understand mm-hmm. uh, that there are meteor showers that you can literally depend on to ju- just, like, be around every year? Absolutely, and this is the beginning. Like, it starts off in January, to be brief. There's one called the Quadrantids, which is amazing, and then they start off with this one. This is going to be where we pick up right after bottom of the hour. There are meteor showers that you can count on. They're regularly, they're so regularly occurring consistently that you can just mark them in your calendar. Here with Dr. Sky Rosie on the house this beautiful Arizona Saturday morning. Here this morning at Rosie on the House, visiting with Dr. Sky in particular because a couple of articles over the last month really caught my attention and because of some things that are going on in the sky right now that I wanted to bring to your attention so you could uh, participate in, get the kids up and enjoy this. The show we've got going on tonight is a meteor shower. We were talking with Dr. Sky about the fact that some of these meteor showers you can actually calendar. They're so reliably present. Let's talk a little bit more about those. Absolutely, Rosie, and good to be back here. We start off in January with a weird shower called the Quadrantids. It's, uh, these are all from different constellations in the sky. That one 
is usually difficult for people to see because of the cold of the year. But this is like the first major meteor shower that you can see on the calendar. And then things switch rapidly as we move simply into May. There's a meteor shower around the 5th called the Eta Aquarids from the constellation Aquarius. And then we will look at the more reliable meteor showers of the year. Like, how about this one, Rosie? This year, in 2018, not only with Mars coming closest to the Earth in late July, but the annual Perseid meteor showers. That one rings a bell with people. That's on the night of the 11th. And then you move all the way into, like, the fall season when you have these two other great, or three other ones. You have Orionids in October from Orion. You have Leonids in November, Leo the Lion. And then you have the Geminids in December. So those are the more reliable showers that you have. And some of them, Rosie, can produce, I've watched showers for like 40 years, maybe many listeners have too, the darker the sky, the better, of course, no moon or little moon in the sky, I've seen upwards of maybe hundreds an hour and maybe uh, even pushing two or three hundred an hour. Wow. It's amazing. Here with Dr. Sky, now, y'all, may, y'all need to know, Dr. Sky has his own radio show. It's every Saturday morning, just a little bit ahead of ours at yes, 3 a.m. Exactly. Right, and that's awesome. And I want to just mention something, because this is, Rosie, I think a treat to all the KTAR listeners. People have asked me for the longest time, how do we really keep in touch with you? So go to KTAR.com, go to the blog section, you'll see Dr. Sky. And Rosie, just what we've done, I think is really cool. You get the latest news article that I'll pick for the week, but at the bottom, there's a direct link to print your own star chart. How about that? You can print your own beautiful star chart. And we put the satellite locator link in there, so you can go out and just plug in the different numbers for where you live and location. And imagine this, Rosie, you're doing a nice barbecue with those great steaks, and you can tell people, hey, in 10 minutes, right over the top of that house, the space station is going to come. And imagine how many nice smiles you'll get because you're like a magician now of the sky. Ever, That's cool. ever since we went on the Dolly Steamboat Cruiser with you at Canyon Lake, I've had the Planet software downloaded into my yes. notebook. And so, like, when we have barbecues, I just plug that thing on and point it towards the sky, and it shows you what you're looking at. Oh, it's amazing, Rosie. And speaking of the Dolly, just to mention very quickly, we have two cruises coming up next Saturday, the 28th. Still room on there, and you know when you and your family love the cruise. I mean, you're obviously... It's great. Tell us it's awesome. And we have another one on May the 19th. And if you're really interested in seeing the land-based telescope side, we're back at the Lost Dutchman State Park. Mark it down, folks, Saturday evening, May the 12th at 7 p.m., where, of course, you and your family, Rosie, and all the listeners of Rosie on the House are invited. A beautiful place to celebrate. We'll bring out the big guns, as we call them, in telescopes, and we'll show you things with those lasers. And people just tell us, wow, we, we should have been doing this stuff years ago. And it's right. A, it's almost like a staycation for a night. It's really good. And that, that is a great, either one of those activities are a great family activity. Get the kids to throw their eyes on one of those big guns and see what's out there. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun, Rosie. It's just so cool. And you've got a you've got a big event coming up here live in Scottsdale, right? You know, yes. And I just want to say this in the most humble way. I'm part of the national show, the biggest overnight radio show in America, which is Coast to Coast AM with George Nori. And his traveling road show goes all around the country. And since I'm a correspondent there, they asked me kindly, tonight at the Virginia Piper Theater, we're going to be on stage as one of the many great guests that George is going to have tonight. Pack the house, I'm sure. And if people want to look at maybe getting tickets, I think, Rosie, there should be uh, some availability for that. And it's the Virginia Piper Theater. And people, obviously, if they're interested in going to this event, just contact or go on the web to find the Virginia Piper Theater. The number there that I was given is 480-499-8587, 480-499-8587. 
8587. And you know who they're bringing, which I'm fascinated by? Travis Walton, because they cover a lot of the UFO subjects. The man who's responsible for the story behind Fire in the Sky, right here in Arizona, right, Rosie, up in the in the big forest near Flagstaff, uh, this alleged abduction took place. And, wow, that's a story for itself. But uh, he'll be there tonight, Travis Walton. I want to shake his hand. There you go. There you go. Well, you're a busy guy. Before I let you go, yes, sir. there's just a few more things that just are, like, are on the top of my mind. Like, what is this discovery of a more turbulent surface of Jupiter? What's this this Juno spacecraft? What's, yes. it, what's it doing getting that close to Jupiter? Can it survive that? Well, here's the interesting thing. This is the most amazing solar-powered spacecraft. Usually you never had solar-powered spacecraft that far out in the solar system. They were powered by nuclear isotopes. But here it is. Juno is actually sweeping down on the top of the clouds of Jupiter, and it can't stay there for too long because the radiation would destroy it. So in about a 53-day orbit, it plans itself very precisely to sweep over about 1,800 miles. And, Rosie, what it's seeing is more turbidity, more weather systems, more violent weather on Jupiter that's ever seen before. And it's also capturing something that we know on Earth is auroras. Jupiter, as well as Saturn, have their own auroras. Jupiter is really just like a big radiation machine, so that's why it can't stay too close. But it's observing things. And remember, Juno is the wife of the great Jupiter, God Zeus. And unfortunately, since this is a family show, we'll just say it nicely, Jupiter had many, many mistresses. The satellites Io, Europa, Ganymede, and Callisto, they were all mistresses of Jupiter. So the space people, NASA, named it Juno because what is she doing? She has a watchful eye on her wandering eye husband. And how much better can Juno see than the real secrets that lie within Jupiter? How about that? <laughs> now, was it, now, was it this spacecraft that also discovered a, 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 new, a, a, a new event on Saturn? No, no, that was actually something that the Cassini spacecraft had imaged. But here's what's happening. For people who have fairly large telescopes out there, there's an actual storm. It's like this whitish region in the Jupiter's, I mean, excuse me, Saturn's northern pole. No, that was another spacecraft. But the point is, the energy of the sun, like we see here on the Earth with auroras, it goes out deep into the solar system, and sometimes it magnifies itself. So Jupiter has auroral systems that would make, in other words, one strand of aurora the energy in that could probably power the Earth for like 10 years wow. from every single, from a blow dryer to a generator. <laughs> and that's your specialty when it comes to providing proper current in, how, in, in the home and all of that area. So it's amazing what we're finding out, Rosie. It's just totally incredible. And and we were just narrowly missed by an asteroid while I was in Europe. I mean, we I could have been there on the shore of the Mediterranean <laughs> and it, yeah. it could have been vaporized. Well, here's the real story behind that. You got how, to how are these asteroids sneaking up on us? Well, that's the problem. And here, here it is. We have to, in a very lighthearted way, we have to salute those seriously. The people at the Catalina Sky Survey down in Tucson and in Arizona, they detected. Here it is. Here would be the headline: Asteroid nearly misses the Earth, but it was only discovered a day before it went within 190,000 miles of the Earth. Rosie, it was 200 feet in diameter. Not to scare people. It was discovered, I'll repeat, only 24 hours before its closest passage. And the meteor that created the meteor crater, you have to see it, folks, if you haven't, near Flagstaff to the great, east. Great stop if you oh, haven't Oh, it's been incredible. There. One of the freshest craters on the Earth. That was created allegedly by a 200-foot object, uh, like the one that passed us. And it hit 50,000 years ago. I don't have the exact date and time, but we'll go for that and leave that. But it made this incredible almost mile-and-a-half crater 
So we're lucky. And the point is, there isn't much anything anybody can do about it, because if it was on a different path, we may very well not be having this conversation. <laughs> that would not destroy the earth, but it sure the heck would make a lot of problems and our atmosphere would be dirty, dirty, dirty for a long time, like Mount Pinatubo or Mount St. Helens on steroids. It would produce so much stratospheric dust that we would have for the, for the next, what, five, ten years, some rather dim sunlit days here on the Earth if it hit, even that small an object. Now, I've always had, since childhood, an amateur interest in the solar system. Yes. Just a natural curiosity about it. Mm -hmm. And I never remember seeing stories about asteroids near missing earth and i think there's been like three or four in the last 10 years rosie if you really dig into it you're absolutely right i say this all the time it's almost tiring to see and, and again not to attack some of the journalists out there who write this it may not be their expertise but we constantly hear earth grazed by asteroid the point is we're having larger and more sophisticated telescopes that use these large things that people know who are photographers. You have an imaging sensor on your camera. It's like a CCD, charge couple device. These telescopes now are picking up objects. A good friend of mine, Jim Scotty, down at the University of Arizona, he goes up on the mountain, and he comes back, and he's probably loaded. If it was like gold coins, he'd be pulling in so many each time. The reason we're seeing so much or hearing about this, it's probably been going on for a long time, we never had the detection equipment wow. to be able to pick it up. In my basic understanding of telescopes and observation and directional locating, and going back to my surveying class on, uh, on Tempe Mountain back mm -hmm. in 1974 with Dr. Borgo, it just seems to me with all the satellites circling the planet, we yes. shouldn't have a blind side that an asteroid could approach us from with all the triangulated cameras mm. pointing all the different directions. I agree with you, but here's also the problem, and there's really no way to solve this. And if there are real scientists that are listening, too, who understand this, and obviously everybody's interested, and so are you, what about the object that comes directly in line from behind us, meaning from the direction of the sun? So the sun is blinding us, no matter what size telescope we have. If it's coming to you, in other words, if you're standing behind bright headlights on a car and you're looking at the car headlights, you don't see the person so easy. So there are many of these objects that are, I hate to use the word, sneaking up on the Earth. I don't think they have a conscience, these asteroids. At least let's hope not. <laughs> and if they do, let's hope they're friendly and they're not on any psychotropic drugs. But the truth is, since they're rocks, that's the problem. But the answer is... We're seeing many more of these, like almost every week. There are 1,907 potentially hazardous asteroids that we have calculated orbits on. These are objects that come within, let's say, a lunar distance of the Earth. But the good news, Rosie, to leave everybody positive in the positivity yes, way, yes, yes. none of those asteroids have been at least reported to us that are going to hit here anytime soon. And I find that even <laughs> more amazing because, unfortunately, the dark side of this, we're really overdue for an impactor. And I don't really want to go too deep into that. That's not. Dr. Sky. I can't thank you enough for joining us this morning. Thank you and your family, you, Rosie. You've got Always a couple public events here coming yes. up. Mm -hmm. You've got the Dolly Cruise, Canyon yep. Lake, on mm -hmm. April 28th. Right, and the, and the 19th of, of May, and also Lost Dutchman on the 12th, Saturday evening, 7 p.m. That's when we bring out the big guns and telescopes and this way you can actually look through it. The dolly is great, but it's hard to put the big gun up there to be able to, as we're moving. Because you're moving on the boat, of course. But it's still great. And then the event tonight at Piper's. 
Yes, Virginia Piper Theater, the Coast to Coast show with George Norrie. Like I mentioned, you can still probably get tickets, but just Google the information for the Virginia C. Piper Theater. Thank you. Wow. Thanks a million. If that didn't expand your thought processes this morning, I don't know what we could have started this show with. <laughs> Dr. Sky, well, thanks a million. Folks, always a pleasure. Have we'll a be day. right back. And welcome back to Rosie on the House. Come on in and have a seat at my house. Rosie on the House. Special guest in studio this morning. Our daughter, Julia. And what y'all need to know at Rosie on the House is if you're communicating through our website, 99% of the time your first contact is with Julia. She doesn't even live here. She lives in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You're and, busting me right here this morning. And she she has her little computer on her lap while her husband James massages her feet and the kids fix her dinner <laughs> and answers your emails. It's incredible. How did you know that that's how that happens every day? <laughs> Literally handling hundreds of emails every single week. We certainly appreciate you. She, she's, how long have you been doing that? I mean, you started call screening in... seven years ago. Yeah. When my little one was born. Julia and I used to call screen together. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That, was, that was a hoot. We were always giggling and laughing about something going on there. So Julia has uh, jumped in her little SUV in Belle Plaine, just outside of Minneapolis, with three kids, a 110-pound dog, and a husband. Suitcases loaded to the gills, and uh, did a little road trip. We did. We uh, went straight through Nebraska. We left the day before that huge blizzard in Minnesota hit. Just beat the storm. Just beat, or just missed it, I guess. Uh, we've really lucked out with our travels. Every time we've driven here, we've just missed something. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Oh, you're really, you're really risking it, taking a Christmas road trip." Oh, we'll be fine. Lucky, lucky. <laughs> So we stopped in Denver and saw Carol for a little bit. Yeah, Carol flies in this morning. Enjoyed the Red Rock Amphitheater and then started spotting Swaro Cactus about hour 22. <laughs> <laughs> hour 22. <laughs> and you're here to help your older sister open her studio, Katie Stumbo, who we have on air in the 7 o'clock hours regularly to help with personal training. I am. I'm heading over there right after this, and uh, nine to noon today, open house. <coughs> Come on in, stop by. Katie uh, has some friends, some chiropractors, some naturopaths. But I hear her uh, maybe wanting to correct me a little bit on the time there. <laughs> morning, Katie. Good morning. You all ready for your grand opening? We're getting there. We will be. By 9 o'clock, we'll be ready. I saw the pictures. Uh, the gym looks pretty sharp. It looks great. It all came together yesterday. We're bringing it down to the wire, you know. And then at the end of my workday yesterday, I had all these we got set up in here. So it looks great. Uh, people will start getting here in just about an hour. And we've got some, some really fun giveaways prizes special pricing just for today on different things uh, we have the very talented dr sonia Vladow here doing spinal correction and dr shauna eichens of rockwood natural 
medicine clinic and we have an isogenics and we just have a ton of stuff, chair massages with just this fantastic massage therapist and PNF with me. So it's just going to be a fun morning. Give us the address, Kate. At Go Conquer. Uh, the address is 13832 North 32nd Street. So we're right across the parking lot from the Hubbard Swim School on 32nd Street. Go Conquer Fitness. We'll be joining you right after the broadcast. We'll uh, uh, take, take part of the uh, open house. Awesome. I can't wait to see you guys. All right, dear. See you there. All right. Sounds good. And, Miss Jennifer, you've got some staycation updates we need to get out. We do. You know, um, our, our entries for winning, you know, for entry to win have just quadruple, quadrupled over the last couple months. And I think it's because of the built-in staycations. People don't have time to think about where they want to go. So we've put together some great packages. Jen Gura in the office has come up with some great places for our winners to stay in uh, April. Yavapai Lodge was our was our destination for our winter, and that's Grand at the Canyon. south rim of the Grand Canyon. Really a cool kind of a retro setting, um, dog-friendly and uh, accessible amenities. Just a great place to stay if you're going to the canyon. This a month, our winter is going to the Heritage Inn in Snowflake. A little quaint 1890s uh, bed and breakfast Victorian pioneer home uh, and with just custom nice homemade breakfast close to Arizona State Parks and all kinds of things to get out and see. The, the places we have been, the Hamalavi, did I get it right? Pretty close. Hamalavi. <laughs> Hamalavi. I'll never get it right. And Casa Malpais. Mm-hmm. That's a state park really close by to that bed and breakfast. Also, yeah, the Ca- Casa Ma- Malpais. So um, and when you go on a staycation, you get a great basket. Our winners get baskets from the Sphinx Date Ranch, our, our new newest um, – Basket is coming from my popcorn kitchen. Look that up online. Okay. Really, right. and just all kinds of flavors, sweet and savory, and all kinds of containers. But um, all kinds. Of, uh, if you want to sign up for this coming up one, in next one we're drawing for next is in Greer. You can see it. I just threw it out there on Facebook this morning, or go to our website under the Staycation tab. Register now at the website rosieonthehouse.com. It's the only place on the planet you can get an Arizona Staycation packaged completely just for you, and it's sponsored by our good friends at Sanderson Ford. Eight o'clock hour. We've got John J. Harper coming in. We'll be talking about landscaping, gardening, hardscape, outdoor lighting, irrigation, fertilizing, trimming, mowing, edging, whatever it is you'd like to talk about around your yard and house.